Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. You guys know Sierra got married last year. It's a lot of work. Oh boy, was it. It's a lot to do. And one thing that really helped her figure out what to do first, where to access certain resources, how to get people to know where they were supposed to go for a wedding. Zola. With Zola, you can discover venues and find vendors easily. You can message and book vendors right on their website. And truly, when I say that that was the first part that we had to do and also one of the most intimidating and hardest, it's so nice to just have them all listed right there and be able to talk to them right there and then. They also have free planning tools, which is really helpful because you don't know what you don't know. And if when you go to Zola, you have a guest list manager, wedding website templates, a budgeting tool because dang, can a wedding get out of hand real quick? Mm-hmm. It could all eliminate so much stress and you'll save so much time all because it's like a one-stop shop. That's so true. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Hey guys, I'm Sierra. I'm Jerry. I'm Lauren. We're ladies, and we're not tangenting this week. We're talking about real shit. Okay. Yeah. So we have a friend of ours on here, Lauren TKO Rohan, who hello Jane, my husband, met in Florida at school. Yes. Do you want to tell a little bit about yourself? Uh. Like Jerry said, you know, my name is Lauren T.K. O'Rohan. I'm from New Jersey. Uh, I make music. uh, And I make people upset. (laughs) That's okay. I I, I ruffle feathers. (laughs) I don't think you do. (laughs) I ruffle feathers, but I do it in the nicest way possible. I I would rather say you educate people. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's what I strive for. I strive for, but you know, people are very sensitive. Yeah, so I always end up offending somebody. Uh, but yeah, no, just about myself: audio engineer, uh, MC, songwriter, uh, poet, just all around wordsmith and super clown. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think we need to explain the state of our country right now but for anyone listening in the future there was once again um an unnecessary death in the black community and sierra and i refuse to ignore it and put out an episode where we just breeze past it so we were thinking of 
you know, we wanted to interview someone uh, who obviously, Lauren, you are faced with this all the time. I am black. I am indeed black. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lauren's black, guys. <laughs> I forgot. Right. The name is not going to be it for you. The name Lauren's not going to tell you that I'm black. I, <laughs> I should probably tell you that I'm black. I'm black. Yes. Uh, social justice leader. You know what I'm saying? Warrior. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Here to fucking to fuck shit up because yeah. we are tired and we are fed up, honestly. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's what me and Jerry, when we talked about wanting to do this, we were like, we want to talk about it. We don't want to be two white girls speaking on something that doesn't directly affect us because, (laughs) yeah, we want somebody who can give us firsthand accounts, who can give us education. Because right now, our biggest thing that we both want is to educate ourselves and learn what we can do to be a part of helping Uh, and moving forward. And I think oftentimes... We shared some questions that we wanted to ask Lauren with her. And I think a lot of times that these questions are sensitive and they're triggering and they don't have to be. So we wanted to have this conversation, not only to educate ourselves, but open up a line of communication where people from different walks of life can come together and have an understanding and see how we can move forward to make things better for each other. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, do you want to go ahead and start? Yeah. Okay. You ready? Is everyone ready? (laughs) Ready. Okay. So, the first question we have is, I thought a simple one, but I guess it's none of this is simple, and it's, how can white people be an ally to the black community? And also, I have a question before we keep going. I saw you posted something today that was like, white people be mad. You don't have to be politically correct right now. Like as long as you're having this conversation, how like is the black community is person of color is like, do you you personally do not call me a person of color? I'm black. Okay. I don't like that either, but I'm black. I'm black. It's because you're not like, you're not going to lesser what I am and the situations that are going on because it is black people that are getting killed. That is the the pandemic is black people are getting killed not yes people of color are, are suffering injustice and they have to deal with this you know a lot as well but black people are it's like we got targets on our back so personally don't it, i don't care about political correctness i don't give a fuck about feelings blackity black 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 Yo, black. <laughs> okay it's fine to say black okay. okay so how can we as two white girls be an ally to the black community uh, this is a really fire start. Like, this is a great start, uh, opening your platform. But, um, I would say have hard conversations. Yeah. Uh, do not just do it in the comment section on Facebook or on Twitter, uh, or Instagram or anything like that. You have to have them with your family members. Yes. You have to have them with your friends. You have to have them with these people that you care about, the people that you know are not, you know what I'm saying, good people. You have to make sure you have these conversations. You have to make sure you educate yourself. The same way you're asking me, you know what I'm saying? There's resources online as well. There are do- You can watch numerous. I can give you a list of documentaries to watch on uh, Netflix or, you know what I'm saying, or Hulu or, or whatever. You know, I can give you books to read. I can poetry, songs. There are so many resources to learn about uh, the history of this oppression beyond 
just what they show you. It's 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 deeper than fire hoses and dogs. It, it's deeper, you know what I'm saying, than water fountains and, and doors. It's way deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? We we didn't want to be here to begin with. Right. Yeah. You feel me? So as as white people, as two white women, what you can do is don't be silent. Yeah. Oh, ever, ever. Because if you're silent, I could die. Yeah, right. And that's the sad truth. Like, you have to use your voice, no matter how hard it's going to be. That's the best thing y'all could do is to, to speak up. Yeah. I I like that you said um, to not just on, I mean, I'm obviously, if anybody has me, I don't think we're friends on Facebook, but Jerry knows I'm, <laughs> I like to say a lot on Facebook, but I think it's also important. And I've been trying to um, branch out to people, even like small things, just like that you wouldn't think about. We live in a very like um, small, mostly conservative, mm-hmm. mostly white like town. So I think there's a lot of things that people didn't even realize that they were doing or mostly not doing. That was a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So I like that you said that. Uh, did you have more to say or do you want to move on? No, that's it. That's, that's my answer. <laughs> okay. Good deal. I loved it. All right. Question number two, history kind of lays out racism as calling people the N word, making people drink from a different water fountain, like you said, or going to a separate school. I wonder if that's why some people struggle to see racism today. So the question is, what does modern racism look like today? And is there a difference between systemic racism and more traditional racism? Modern day racism looks like a man crying out for his mother while he gets suffocated on camera. Yeah. Modern day racism is a woman laying asleep in her bed and then the police shoot her dead. Modern day racism is a kid going to the corner store to get snacks and he doesn't make it home. Modern day racism is literally children telling children to go back to Africa. It's it's all here. Racism is modern day racism. You know what I'm saying? You can't really say modern day when my father is 63 years old and he was the first black child to go to his elementary school. Oh, my gosh. So racism just is modern day. There's no yeah, yeah. modern day. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, I feel like. Sorry to cut you off. No, I feel ahead. like um, part of. M- I what Sierra said us living in a small rural conservative like mostly white area for me whenever we were in, racism was taught like it was history yes you know? yeah so whenever we would learn about the civil rights movement and Martin Luther King Jr and all of those things it, it felt like history that it was in the past that it's Man, not I now on a secret I grew up in New Jersey and it was taught to me as as well right and i literally watched racism happen in front of me every day and i and i was it was taught to me is like oh yeah this is a thing of the past this is how we used to treat y'all not anymore yeah. right that's your white friend in class next year the world yeah. is different mm-hmm. and i think part of um m- me being ignorant to it being like no different essentially is the fact that i wasn't exposed to a lot of black people and not like uh, because of choice, just because of location, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so when I 
whenever I, you know, got social media and the world got bigger and we started traveling and I realized that there's a world outside of my town, I realized, oh, it's not history. It's now. Yeah, I can see they're sharing a swimming pool, but right. <laughs> just because you can swim next to me doesn't mean that all of these other things aren't still happening. Exactly. And it was little things like jokes being told, jokes in quotations, but you would have to, like, you know, the people around you, that's when I started noticing it, when I was realizing, you know, that they'd have to watch what they were saying because of certain people being around, and I was like, this isn't, this isn't okay. What you're saying, you're, you're putting it off like it's a joke, but if you have to look around, if you wouldn't say it in front of everybody, it's not a joke. No, it's not, it's not a joke, it's hate speech. Yes, exactly. That's it. It's it's hate speech. And in terms of um, the difference between traditional racism and systemic racism, I mean, traditional racism is just racism. You know, I guess you can just say that's like individually, you know, systemic is like the big issue, though, like is the system is everything like we deal with it every single day, you know, driving while black. Uh, What I'm saying, even if we want to go beyond that, you know, institutional racism, structural racism. The fact that, like, for every hundred dollars that a white family has, it's like fifty-seven dollars and thirty cents that a black family gets paid. Like, you know what I'm saying? How do people live off that? How do people? How are people supposed to be considered equal when the system was designed for you to fail? Right. Mm-hmm. And you have, if you look at um, even the education system and the funding for different areas across the country, there are black communities that are significantly underfunded when it comes to education. And when you have a lack of education, how are you supposed to acquire a job and how are you supposed to make money to feed your family? And so what do you do then? You don't even need me here, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. She does this to me all the time. (laughs) Don't that shit, Jerry. Okay. No, because you're, because you are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. There's a system that is skewed. Um, in the favor of the white man uh, to win always. And anytime a black man or woman does win, it's somehow fluke or it's lucky. Or, you know what I'm saying? It's a a, a story. Like, it's it's too much. It shouldn't be uh, big news when black people make it. We should just be offered the same opportunities to make it to begin with. Yeah. Right. Um, what do you, we kind of talked about, uh, when you said, um, the jokes, like that Mm. kind of goes into the third question of what are some silent contributors to racism? Like, would you think those like little silent jokes, them little jokes are like, are not funny, man. Like looks, Mm -hmm. um, when, uh, like microaggressions, you know what I'm saying? Uh, when you ask a black woman about her hair. You know what I'm saying? Or if you could touch it or if you go so far as to touch it or when, you know what I'm saying? Just different things like um, shit. Honestly, like silent can, like contributors, man, it's really just be like all that hateful shit people staring at you when people cross the street, when you walk in, when people clutch their purses, when you're in the elevator or something, getting followed around a, a store to like when people think you're stealing, all of that, all of that. But yeah. the, I think the biggest silent contributor to racism is silence yeah that's it like when people don't say shit about what's going on what what's going to happen if nobody says anything right because 
the biggest thing that we can do, because we are already standing here like on fire with our hands in the air, like sky's falling, sky's falling, and nobody and everybody's sitting there looking at us like, but is it though? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need white people to be like, no, but the sky fell already. Right. Yeah. Like there yeah. is no more sky. Yeah. You know this what is- I'm saying? Like this is one of the few times that I've ever seen people literally, I mean, there was nothing, you can't get any more than what you got from the video. We all saw it and you, you literally, and then you still have people questioning what happened or are you sure you have the full story? You an should autopsy, have- An autopsy report is not going to tell me the cause of death when I watch the cause of death with my own eyes. That's right. exactly it. So I, I've never seen that before in my life that that happens to anybody. And for me, that was the biggest thing that I was like, I, I'm not trying to sound ignorant, but I just didn't know. I want to be like, how long has this been happening? How Forever. long is this? Exactly. Since, since the beginning of time. I just. Since the beginning of time. And <laughs> before they had cell phones, how would we have known? Well, we talked, Sierra and I talked about that too. Um yesterday where yeah they have police cam they have their body cams on but if no one's policing the police with their body cameras where do, what happens to those videos yeah if someone's not exactly yeah. if someone's not there to take a, a social body, media body video, cameras are not for the to, to give the police accountability because they're never going to take accountability body cameras are just there they're placeholders to make people feel better Right. To make you think it's a placebo effect. It's to make you think that somebody's watching the police. Yeah. Like nobody's gonna police the police. Yeah. Right. And that's the unfortunate thing is <laughs> calling it a placebo is like <laughs> that to me is exactly what it is because yeah. it's a it's a way, it sounds bad, but it's a way for white people to be like, see, here we go. Absolutely. We gave absolutely. you this. Absolutely. And Absolutely. if you don't take the time to realize like, okay, so yeah, that one bad apple, but now what if that bad apples, um, officer or deputy or whatever chief decides, I don't want this getting out. I don't want this to now affect my entire district, whatever. I'm going to hide it. Yeah. No, that's another bad apple. What there's was the, no, D- the there's DA? No what, there's no what if Jerry, it happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, that's <laughs> that's what we're unfortunately just now. See, I mean, not just now. I've known about it for a while, but I guess I just didn't realize. I, I like I said, I hate to sound ignorant, but I didn't know. I was and oblivious. There was no way, yeah, there was no way for us to know, and that's the thing when people say. I think people get so offended by the term white privilege, but that's exactly what it is. We didn't know because it wasn't happening to us. It didn't happen to anyone we knew until we saw videos of it happening, then we could finally maybe even for a second begin to understand what was going on. But even then, you have no idea. Right. So it's just, I I don't know. Okay, we will, is it my turn now to ask yeah. the question? <laughs> I forgot what question we were on, honestly. Okay, <laughs> number three. Four, yes, four. Four now. How have you personally experienced racism or prejudice in your life? I know this is probably going to be a bigger one. Um, I mean, one of my first encounters with racism uh, was being accused of stealing from a store when I was a child. Um, <laughs> and then later being followed around that store 
every single time that I entered that store until I turned 16 years old. Um, Cause then I just stopped going to that corner store. Like I just like was like fuck it. Uh, was that in New Jersey? Yeah, that was in New Jersey. Um, and I'm from a really small town in New Jersey called Highland Park. So I get the small town thing. Uh, right. My small town was just like super diverse. Like it was a lot of black people, uh, white people. You know, all races, um, all religions, all walks of life. I was very fortunate to grow up like that. Um, but even in all of that. Um, I had skinheads that used to live across the street from me, like around the corner, pretty much, uh, from my home. Uh, they would let their dog loose on people. Um, I've been, uh, pulled over numerous times. Um, just for being black, I've been harassed by police. I've been thrown to the ground. Uh, I've been punched by police officers. I've been pepper sprayed. I was just tear gas yesterday. Wow. Uh, uh, like, yeah, it's a lot of things i have i've had um death threats i've had uh somebody paint nigger on a door of my dorm room at my first college oh my Actually. god yeah that was a good one uh yeah it's a really long list to be honest it's yeah list yeah it's it's a it's a long one um so- yeah racism but i it sucks, but I mean, I deal with it every day. There's, there's something that there's some like, you know what I'm saying? If I'm, if I'm going to be out in the world, something's probably going to happen. That's just like what life is a microaggression or something. Something's yes. going to happen. But wow. like that, that's, <laughs> that's like me saying, because I'm a ginger that I'm going to go out when, and get a sunburn. But like, it's the, I can't, I can do things to prevent my sunburn. Right. The fact that you can't do anything to prevent this from happening, except hope that people will be better. That's it. Is That's devastating. It. Yeah. Really. I mean, uh, you know, you can't, you can't hand your ID over without getting shot. Uh, when, even when they ask you for it, you know, Philando Castile did that and he got shot on Facebook live. Uh, you can't comply uh, with officers and just explain to them your situation because then they'll put you in a chokehold because that's what happened to Alton Sterling. Mm -hmm. So there's really like, there are no preventative measures for being black. Right. You don't know what you're supposed to do because these other people who you've seen on Facebook live have seemingly followed the rules and done what they're supposed to do and still ended up dead. Right. So it's very hard to navigate, like, <laughs> but this is paralyzing. Because every black parent has that talk with their kids about the police and how to behave when yeah. you are approached by police officers. And that's just a part of, like, that's just a way of life. Like, you have to have that talk. Yeah. Like, it's crazy, man. As a parent of an eight-year-old, I have an eight-year-old son, it absolutely breaks my heart to hear that I guess like that's really that's another that's a question I have for you guys um like what uh, I don't know if I, I mean I sent them to Jerry but what uh what are you guys doing to like actively make sure you don't raise the racist right Jerry do you want to yeah Shane and I talked about this today because we we talk a lot about parenting but like things like that don't normally cross your mind um 
Especially if you think to your, you're like, oh, I'm not racist, so obviously it's not going to happen, is what right. you think. Well, it's, it's yeah, because it's not something that I consider like a part of who I am. I, I wouldn't even think like, yeah, of course my son's not going to be racist because I'm not racist. But I was ignorant to so many things. And it's, and something that Shane and I always come back to is the fact that we are not just raising our child. We are raising someone's friend, someone's coworker, someone's partner, someone's ally. We, we could be raising a police officer. We could be raising a politician. I have no idea what he's going to be, but I realize that there is such a responsibility to make sure that whoever he is, he cares about people and he takes care of people and that he recognizes that he's white and that there's privilege that comes with it. Yes. And there's responsibility attached to that. So I, I guess I can't say a hundred percent what I would, what I'll do because he's only 18 months old. So like <laughs> I haven't come and for the majority, you know, for the last three months of his life, he's been in quarantine, but <laughs> I hope that because because I don't have faith that this is going away, but I right. hope that it will. But, but if and when those situations arise, I hope that we will be able to instill that he is just to care about people and take care of people how he would want them to take care of him, regardless of any physical differences or even like emotional differences or um, religious differences, or, you know what I mean? It just difference, period. Yeah. Yeah, and my son, um, I think when I talked to Jerry about it, the biggest thing that I tried to do recently, at least, I see so many people, and I don't think it comes from a hateful place, but an ignorant place, like especially white mothers will be like, my children don't see color, whatever. We all, Right, that's exactly my response. So my... First of all, when you're, that's the first thing kids learn. Okay. You talk about color right off the bat. So, and I just read a thing from a, it was a psychologist wrote it saying at five years old, like peak age is four to five that a kid will notice they understand race, they see it and they're watching how adults learn or how adults behave around it. So I think the biggest thing, sorry, my dogs are <laughs> insane right now. They just broke into my room. Um, <laughs> The the biggest thing that I've tried to do with my son is to, because he's not, people think that kids, number one, don't pay attention, and number two, that they're dumber than they are. Kids are paying attention. They understand what you're saying. Talk to them about it. Um, I've let him, you know, I'm not the graphic things, but I've talked to him about what's going on. And I even showed Jerry right after it happened, um, this thing popped up on my Facebook, and it was a kids store like a kids bookstore and the book it's called books that matter and it's a kid's book on racism and like so I bought that book hopefully it comes soon and I want to read it to him read it with him I want it to open up a discussion that we can have if he has questions I want him to you know what I mean I want to answer as best as I could but I got that book because I don't have all the answers and I also kind of want to learn you know too as much as I can I want to be able to teach him as much as I can. And I don't ever want him to stop asking questions. Like if you, same thing when he can start like researching or whatever, I want him to educate himself on it as much as possible because 
I think it's super important. Yeah, so I think that's, that's why we're even like have like why we feel so passionate and we're so excited to talk to you because this is a way for us to educate ourselves and expose people in our community because I I can guarantee based on the interaction that we've had that the majority of our listeners are white. Yeah. <laughs> and this is an opportunity for us to have that open dialogue, to have that conversation and that an exposure to just things that are different. Um, I think I hope will help. Yeah. Well, it definitely can't hurt. So, <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate, uh, everything, uh, that you guys are doing. I really do. Um, I really, I want to, I think it would be great to t also, uh, just teach your kids about the history. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of African-American people, of black people, you know, show show them, you know, whatever you can within reason that's not going to traumatize them. Right. Uh, you feel me? But just like, just tell them the truth. Like, never lie about, like, how hard this world is in terms of being, like, of being different. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't, I don't know what's happening with either of your kids. But if one of your kids happens to be gay, then they will know what trials and tribulations are because they were taught tolerance at home. Right. Yeah. Like just same way you teach tolerance at home, you teach racism at home. You're right. A little kid is not going to see, they see color. They're not going to see race. Like people don't get that. Right. A little kid know what blue is. They know what yellow is. They know what red. Right. But they're not just like black person. Right. Yeah. First of all, a kid will be like brown person. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the first thing my son said. And I was like, all right. And, and it was nothing. He just was like, can I go play with him? And it was weird to me that he even asked that. But again, that was when I realized that like, okay, obviously you see a difference and it wasn't malicious in any way. He just was noticing that nobody else was, I think. And so he was like, can I go? And I'm like, please. Yeah, absolutely. Go play with him. And then from then on, we've never even talked about it until now because he's never asked any questions about it. But, um, I guess the next, when, uh, talking about seeing race and seeing color the next one is what is black lives matter and why isn't it all lives matter black lives matter is the black community's last ditch effort to beg and plead to stop being killed black lives matter is just that we are plainly telling you that the lives of black people people are important that is it. And the reason that we are telling you that the lives are black, of Black people are important is because no one seems to think that they are. So all lives matter. It was a very great antidote that I saw earlier that said all lives matter, uh, saying that in reference to Black lives matter in response is like riding down the street in a fire truck, got the hose, and, all, and one house is on fire, but you want them to spray all the houses on the block. Like, yeah. On fire too. You feel wow. me? I'm not telling you that all lives don't matter. What I'm telling you and what the black community is telling you is that in order for all lives to matter, black lives have to matter. Right. Yeah. Nothing, it doesn't. Like it's <laughs> it's irrelevant. Right. I have never heard that analogy with the fire truck and the houses, and that's that's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. Absolutely. It's like you want some, like you want to just be seen right now. 
You know what I'm saying? All Lives Matter is a sad and desperate attempt to demean the struggles and the continued oppression of Black people. To ignore it. Well, and that's the thing that I shared today said it's and it was a great term for it, but it's gaslighting them and being like, well, what about my struggle? And it's like, you're not the ones dealing with this right now. So just be quiet for two seconds and listen to what they're saying. And I think right. that that is the biggest problem that well, I think specifically white people are having is like, well, what about me? But it's not about you. That's why I'm trying. The biggest thing that I'm trying to do is stay silent and be a background supporter because I know it isn't my fight. I know it's not about me, but I want to help as much as I can without overshadowing or trying to be like louder. If that oh, makes yeah. sense. No, hear me when I say this, you do not have to be silent. Not the slightest bit. Be loud. Right. Be yeah. Loud yeah. You feel me? Scream that shit from the fucking rooftop. That's yeah. what we need. I know it's, I know it has to be scary for y'all. Cause y'all don't know shit. Y'all yeah. have no idea. You're not exposed to this, but you never, ever gonna learn nothing until you learn something right you gotta go through it to get through it and y'all haven't seen it but now you're seeing it and now you're realizing that it's that black lives are disproportionately snuffed out every single day Mm -hmm. and all y'all can do is just scream it and just be like hey hey this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong yeah that is that is y'all duty as white people like if you really care about people if you really care about the human race like white people have got to stand up man all this silent shit nah like that shit it's 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 dead now yep that silent shit is it speaks volumes that silence is louder than anything right now i saw something that um was a push for me to finally start using my voice and it was this um photo and it said don't be so concerned about doing the perfect thing that you do nothing. Yeah. And I have found myself overthinking to the point where I am so concerned about making sure I do and say the right thing to justly support the cause that I end up doing nothing because I'm scared I'm going to say something to hurt it. And I'm scared that I'm not educated enough to do it justice. And so I'm quiet. Right. And then but seeing any that support is, is, is justice. You know what I'm saying? It's justifiable support. Any support, you're doing the justice. You're like the only way you're gonna do a disservice is being afraid to speak. That's right. it. Like, do not be afraid to just say that shit is wrong, to post your fucking feelings. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you're 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 you are correct to be outraged right now. Yeah. Like you yeah. are correct to want the system like broken down man for real yeah like i'm i'm fucking furious and i would be like real concerned if y'all wasn't you know what i'm saying right that's what i've been noticing on like the the first thing i noticed is on facebook is the people that were quiet about it and i didn't say anything at first like whatever and then i was like nope this is wrong if you're not saying something and you're saying nothing that's saying enough for you you know what i'm saying you just have I will, I've always been the type of person to try to speak up and be an ally. And I guess I didn't do it as much before. Like, I never went to protests and stuff before. I definitely want to do that now. But I, it was the same thing as Jerry. I just didn't know how to go about it. And now I'm just like, it doesn't matter how I go about it. I just oh, yeah. need it All to that be heard. Out the window. All that yeah. shit is out the window. Like, nah, you just have to give it to people straight nowadays. 
Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see. Number six. Can you share from your perspective a little bit about the protests and the riots right now? Man. You were just at one last night, right? Yeah, I was, was going to say out here in Atlanta last night. Okay. Uh, I didn't know where you were from or I'm where you live now. Currently in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, man, out here, you know, Atlanta is uh, like the state with like the second largest population of African American people. Mm-hmm. So it's super black out here. So I knew it was going to be uh, interesting, but everything was fine. Like everything was cool, and then we pulled up to the CNN building, and the cops just drew this like this violent line of people. You know what I'm saying? Like these like bicycle cops were just moving people and pushing people and forming the line with their bicycles. And right after that, you know, other cops came in, and shortly after that, you know, the tear gas and the pepper spray, and you know, people getting thrown to the ground. And I think that it's not fair to chastise people for the uproar because silence got people nowhere yeah right so frustrating that we've been we've been punished for taking knees we've had hoses put on us for sitting silently and at sit-ins it's none of this all makes sense to me and then somehow now we're animals Right. Because some buildings are on fire. I don't think it's right for neighborhoods to be burnt down or, you know, for businesses to just be burnt down. But I also will not outweigh monetary value over human life, over countless human lives, over 400 human lives. Yes. Over thousands of human lives. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't care. Like, I don't care about property in terms of this. Right. Um, I think that I want people to be safe. Um, I want to protect um, black businesses. But I want people to incite some change, bro. You do what yeah. you got to do because we were silent for too long. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Martin Luther King said a riot is the language of the unheard people. And that's exactly what it is. But people want us to be peaceful and they want us to think all about, you know, do I have a dream speech and what would Martin Luther King think right now? I don't know what Martin Luther King think because y'all shot him in the face. Wow. Yeah. And then y'all killed him in, well, really, and then y'all killed him in the hospital. But it's like, y'all killed Martin Luther King, so I don't know what he would say in 2020. He never right. got the, he's never going to get the opportunity to say it because the man was peaceful and was fighting for justice and he took him away. Right. You're exactly right. That was so powerful what you just said because I that's a thing I think people so many people especially white people are using that as like Martin Luther King this and Martin Luther King that and I think people forget that he wasn't celebrated yeah he wasn't celebrated back then he was one of the most hated men in the world or in America at the time exactly exactly but oh oh it's all Martin Luther King Martin Luther King no it's a little more Malcolm X right now it's yeah, a little more black militia. It's a little more black panthers. You know what I'm saying? It's a little more righteous. It's a little more by any means necessary right now because nobody is doing anything else for us. Like, right? It, it's it's mind boggling because I will be very honest. The people that I saw doing most of the vandalizing yesterday, early in the day, were young white kids. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I uh, I watched multiple and lives. Vandalizing has been white. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really frustrating yes. that we are sitting here trying to do these peaceful protests and then all this other stuff is incited. And all we want to do is get our voices heard, man. We sitting here and we screaming and we got these signs and we're just like, yo, stop killing us, stop killing us. Stuff is not fair. That's all we're saying, yo, is stop killing us. That is it. Nobody is asking for nothing else. We are literally just like, hey, yo, we deserve to live. That's it. This country's supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. But that's a bunch of bullshit. This liberty is not for everybody. Right. So we stand in the street and we yell and we cry and then we get tear gassed and then we get pepper sprayed. And then we're animals because now we're tearing down businesses and burning buildings. What people don't understand is that buildings are going to continue to burn. Nobody said nothing about the Boston Tea Party, bro, when they wanted their tea tech. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody said nothing to, to, to sports fans when they flip cars over when they hockey can go in. Yeah, exactly. And nobody said nothing to them. But we sitting out here and all we want to do is raise some awareness about countless murders that could have gone just without happening at all. Yeah. And somehow it's turned into chaos. Yeah. And that's the scary thing is that, well, now that it is documented by everyone, you see every one of these protests have live streams going the entire time, which is mostly for everyone's safety. You are seeing these people show up and all people who don't look like protesters. They're showing up in all black with, with the proper gear to protect themselves. They smash windows and then they walk away. They start a fire and then they walk away. And what, what a way to silence a movement by now creating hate around. They create yes. a distraction. They That's exactly it. They created a distraction. That's what was, that was going to happen. That was that was always going to happen. They right. were always going to create a distraction to distract from the fact. Uh, distra- Breonna Taylor was killed and, and nobody is talking about it. Yeah. You feel me? There's like almost no media coverage on that. And she was an EMC and an essential worker, worker in a pandemic. Yeah. And she got killed. And she was asleep in her bed. I I, I have no it's words. Yeah, it's yeah. outrageous. It's outrageous all around. I like, you know, it. Even beyond, it's not just police killing black people. It is literally like racist white people killing black people. Like that racism is the pandemic. Racism yes. is the problem. Because Amar Arbery Barry was just going for a jog, man. Yes. Yeah. That's all he was doing. He was going for a job, bro. Trayvon Martin was just going to the store to get some snacks. Sandra Bland was just driving down the street. Down down the highway, rather. You know, it's not right. It's not right. It's not right at all. We we deserve genuine freedom. We deserve peace. Yeah. That's it. Peace. Like, heart disease is like the leading factor of death in black people because we just be losing it. We're, yeah. we're stressed all the time. We're wait, all of this stuff is weighed on us. The amount of stress that is, is on a person just solely for the base of their color, that's not healthy. No. That kind what you were saying when you were listing all of those lives that didn't need to be lost, um, you were mentioning things that are just like normal everyday things. Oh yeah. Um, and that's my next question is, are there things that you personally or people who are close to you are like genuinely afraid of that like Sierra and I wouldn't even think to be afraid of? Uh, 
2020, I'm a little nervous every time I make a bowl of ice cream in my house. Uh, you know, like just driving down the street. Maybe if I'm playing outside with like a niece or nephew or something, it could get a little hectic if it's a pool party. You know what I'm saying? Little kids might get like body slammed. Uh, <laughs> you know, like just like basic things. Just literally living. Like, you know what I'm saying? Going out of my house, going to the store, going to get something to eat, uh, going to a job, like just anything. You know, I I have to worry about um, like I said, making a bowl of ice cream, being asleep in my bed, going into the corner store, driving down the street. Uh, being asleep in my car, even you know, just taking a nap in my car, right? And uh, it's so many things like I can't even keep listing them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, selling selling loose cigarettes, you know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe just having a little tobacco on me if I'm underage, you know what I'm saying? Like anything, it's literally anything. Like, I I have to worry about just life while, yeah. Like I it is it's crazy because um I had a conversation with one of my friends the other day and uh he's white and he was like, Man, when I get pulled over, like I had to what he said, he's like, when I get pulled, he was like, he was like, if I get pulled over, I'm so scared, like to get a ticket. Never scared to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get a ticket. <laughs> I just you know thought that it's just like the most you're gonna get is you might Jerry, you might not even get a ticket. Actually, Shane and I were just talking about that because it was, it was, I think 4th of July, we were driving to Pennsylvania and we were going through, um, this area where it went from like 50 to 35, like real quick. And Shane was driving and he doesn't do anything real quick. So he, he was coming in hot to that 35. We got pulled over small town, USA, not surprised that someone was sitting there. We didn't even have our registration. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I'm an idiot. And I actually had the wrong registration on my car. So I had, a, we were in a car accident and I renewed that registration mm. instead of the current car I was driving and just put that sticker on it. And I was like, who's going to even check? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so when he pulled his, Jerry, (laughs) I know that because it ended up happening to me (laughs) the following year, but we got pulled over. Shane handed him our license, his license and our insurance, no registration for the car. He didn't even check. He let us go. And he looked at me and he goes, if I were black, that never would have happened. Yeah, no, he probably, he probably would have died. And it was such like a sobering moment for me to realize like, holy shit, I am breaking the law like badly with the wrong registration on this car. You were speeding in an area where we're not from and we got nothing. We got told to have a good day. Yeah, I could have been from there, had all of my paperwork, and I still probably would have been harassed by most 99 I'm a hundred percent sure I still would have been harassed harassed by that Mm -hmm. is is it's crazy like the like the privilege that it is like you gotta understand man I love being black bro (laughs) right 
Well, being black is lit. Okay, I love being black. You feel me? But man, if we had a little bit of that white privilege, it'd be super fire. Right. If we had a little bit of that white privilege, it would be. We really be cooking, man. It's this. It's white privilege is not having to worry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, I and I just saw a thing the other day that said because there are so many people that get offended for some reason by that term. And I think what they need to understand is white privilege doesn't mean that your life hasn't been hard, but it means that your skin color is not the thing that's making your life hard. Exactly. And I, there, you know, we can go, we can go, both Jerry and I can go and apply for a job with our natural hairstyles and get the job. We can graduate with our natural hairstyles and be fine. You know, we won't get told we can't graduate because of that. So it's just, these are things that, again, small town USA, it never occurred to me that that could happen to people. That literally the hair that naturally grows out of your head the way that it grows out could be something that stops you from graduating, getting a job, anything. Gets you looked at on the street differently, anything. And it's that just there, man. Yeah, that's exactly. one of the questions: is why do you think white privilege is so triggering for people? Because it white privilege is triggering to people because people are big babies. <laughs> Real talk, I don't people, people people are punks, bro. People are people are sensitive, and people can't stand up in the accountability of what is occurring. Because if I have to, if I have to stand for the, in the accountability of your assumptions of every black person that you've met, you're going to have to, you know what I'm saying? Stand up yeah. for the accountability of every white person that's come before you as well. You know, somebody's got to answer for something, but the privilege of being white. And I hate, like, I hate that that's a thing. You know what I'm saying? But white privilege, what is so offensive to people is because it is an honest depiction that white people think they are not think they are, but white people are better than everyone else. That's yeah. just what it is. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think that white people are better than anyone else. Or I don't think that anyone is better than anyone. Like, let me, me be, <laughs> let me be a thousand <laughs> and 10% clear when I tell you this, I think white people are better than no one. Okay. Yeah. Same. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that it adds a level of superiority mm-hmm. it adds that level of supremacy yeah you feel me because white privilege is the ability to live your life with never having to be afraid of not coming home yeah because of what you look like yeah exactly that's right. exactly it like um we, you are, we could literally all create we could all commit the same crime and i'm going down for the moment yeah you're absolutely right and it's awful i hate it i hate that and that's the thing people i don't want to have white privilege however knowing that i do that's why i want to use it i want to use it as a platform as a way to maybe speak to other white people who aren't going to listen to somebody else like if i can do that then it's to me i feel like I don't know, some good came out of it because I don't want to have it. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. I think the word privilege just triggers so many people because 
and I don't even think it triggers them. I think it just offends so many people. Yeah. Because people got to stop throwing around the word triggered. That really irks my nerves. Yeah. But I think it offends uh, so many white people because they think the word privilege negates any struggle or any hardship they've ever had. And like you said, and that's just not what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I think that goes back to the Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. It's like saying white privilege or saying Black Lives Matter is not me saying your life doesn't matter. Yes. You saying all lives white lives ain't matter. Damn. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You saying all lives matter insinuates that I don't already know that. I know that. (laughs) I know they all matter. It just doesn't feel like it does right now for the black community. So they're saying, hey. My life doesn't feel like it matters. I want you to recognize that. And I want you to help us get to a place where I feel like I matter. Right. And white privilege. I'm not saying that you didn't have to work your ass off. And even teaching my sons, you have privilege being white. You have privilege being a male. Doesn't mean you're not going to have to work your ass off. You're not going to be handed shit. Right. But you are <laughs> not given. <shame> <laughs> you are given a leg up in certain things you are going to have certain things that are easier for you to obtain and to maintain than other people you just are and there's a responsibility that comes with it and if you're angry about that responsibility maybe ask yourself why (laughs) yeah no one's blaming you for being white. No one's asking no. you. They're just saying, hey, how about you use what you have for good? Yeah, right. <laughs> to help those who don't have it. Yeah. That's it. Um, we kind of answered this question a little bit before, but what is the problem with phrases like, I don't see color? It's ignorant, number one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And number two, like you said, kid, like even kids know color. Yeah. But saying you don't see color is is that's it. It's just ignorant. You know what I mean? It it's you see color mm-hmm. when you're saying, oh, I don't see color. Oh, we're not different. Then you're not paying attention. Yeah. You're not awake. You're not alive. You're not alert. You're not aware if you don't see color. And I think what people need to understand is is that if you say that you don't see color you have to be a thousand percent prepared to be checked on that and for somebody to be like "Mm, but you should see color because this is why yeah you know you saying you don't see color is literally like you saying you don't see the difference you don't see the injustice you don't see the foolishness you don't see the hate then you're blind yeah you're literally blind because there were Amish people that were protesting. So you can't tell me you don't see it. <laughs> yes. I actually did get checked in college. I took um, it. The class was called education in a democratic society. And this teacher literally day one was like, hi, my name is so-and-so you're going to think I'm a bitch period. <laughs> and I was like, I think I'm going to like you. <laughs> So already. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about I, I'm sure we were talking about 
differences in race and culture and just like differences in, um, because she was trying to explain that I'm going to have a, we're all going to have diverse classes and we need to be able to be prepared to educate to a diverse classroom. And I said, well, I, you know, I'll be fine. Cause I don't see color. I treat everyone the same. And she goes, Nope. <laughs> and I thought that I was saying the right thing. I thought that I was saying that I am loving and accepting and wanting everyone to be equal. But what I was saying is I am not acknowledging the fact that these two girls are different because mm-hmm. they come from different backgrounds and are going to need different things from me. Yeah. And equal is not fair. Fair is not equal. And that's what she wanted me to understand is like giving everyone like making sure teaching everyone the same way was not going to work. And I needed to understand that or I was not going to serve anyone how they needed to be served. Yeah. So I I got checked hard. I, I, I'll be honest that that was a a line that I used to say, and it never was malicious. It was always trying to be like, I'll love you no matter what kind of thing was what I meant when I said it. And then when the the rest of the world does not. Yes. Well, yeah, that's, I'm learning that a lot, (laughs) but, um, what you're really saying when you say that is I don't, I'm not acknowledging the struggles these people have gone through. I'm not acknowledging what's happening to them in modern day world. I'm not acknowledging that our lives are not the same and they should be, but they're not. So you need to, you, you need to see color because you need to acknowledge, you know, that the life change needs to happen. That's exactly it. Life should be equal for everybody. And that's what we need to strive for because it's not right now. Absolutely. I agree. Thousand percent. <laughs> Would you say that there's any other phrases that are like that, that you're like, yep, hate that too. Please stop saying it. Man, really? Like, I really hate the term. I really hate the term black on black crime. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I really hate when people are just like, all these police are killing all these people. But uh, that, what about black on black crime? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that frustrates me because if a black man kills a black man, he goes to prison for life. Yeah. When a white cop kills a black man, he goes home on paid leave. You're exactly right. We are not the same. Right. You know what I mean? Like black on black crime is is not a thing. Like you literally, if you put people in proximity of nothing but black people, if crime has to be committed, who else is it going to be committed again? Right. The same way if you Smart on Ohio, I bet y'all ain't got no black on black crime. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, so you're exactly right. You're exactly right. You feel me? Like, it's, it's, I hate, I really like that term, really. That one really fucks me up, you know? Um, and that's really it. I don't really have any other terms. Uh, one that I'm currently loving, <laughs> I'm loving Karen. It's really bringing me joy. <laughs> it's yeah. bringing me great joy. Um, <laughs> to uh, all the Karens be exposed. It's, yeah. it's absolutely amazing. It, I love it so much. I love it. I love it. That, is, that is a great new trend on t- social media. I'm liking that they're getting at least a little bit of justice, losing jobs. That's fine. Like have yeah, some like, accountability. Like that lady, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's so wild. Like Amy Cooper, when she did that, 
when she called the police on that man, um, she knew exactly what she was doing. Yes. She was, she was well aware that if this nice white woman calls the police on this black man, that it could very well turn into George Floyd. Yeah, right. And I was sick to my stomach when I saw that video. It was, it, it, it's, but that's, that's everyday life. Yeah. That's everyday life. Like I used to live in an apartment building and this white lady asked me if I lived there. Like told me to show her my keys and everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. Like it's, it's, it's different. Like people are, racism is alive and well out here. The only difference is now you put it on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but you really have to consider, like, think about all of the, the deaths of unarmed black people that are not on the internet still. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there were so many before. Yeah. So this, there, there's a serious issue and, and we need to discuss it. Like these were public lynchings. Yeah. Yeah. If people think that this is the ones that are being broadcast are the only ones that are happening, they're no, like you can't be that, cannot be you can't be that dull, like you can't be that stupid to think that the only thing that you see is the only thing that happened because what happened you thought nothing happened before these cameras existed? Yep. You know, like it's still there. And like like Emmett Till was killed far before cameras. Right. And people are not understanding that shit, man. That racism is is here and it's gonna be here for a long time, but it's up to us to start to raise a generation that's gonna try to really combat it. Yeah. yeah. Like that's really, really up to us. Well, I, I guess I got a question for y'all, man. Yeah. What, what do like what do you guys do to combat like racism like that you see from like your peers and your family members? Like how do you like have you had to deal with that before where you've had to like talk to your family members or friends about it, your white friends? Um see <sighs> This is hard because, again, we're from an area where, like, we're not exposed to that many black people. So, like, we don't see – and I personally – I'm not one of those people (laughs) who feels like, oh, if we have different political opinions, that doesn't mean we can't be friends. I draw pretty hard lines. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to – I'm not going to be rude to you. I'm not going to go and, you know, hunt you down, but we're not, we're not friends. We're not hanging out. We're not talking. I can't do it. So I don't often come in contact with people who speak with prejudice or speak disrespectfully, or, um, I, I just don't allow myself to be surrounded by that. But I will say that when I was younger, Um, I'm talking like middle school, high school, you know, when you think that everything's a joke. Yeah. (laughs) I remember appropriating black culture and I remember using the N word and saying, oh, as long as I don't say the hard ER, then I'm okay. Cause I don't mean it like that. Mm -hmm. I know, I know what I mean and I don't mean it like that. But what I learned as I grew up was I don't get to decide how someone else interprets my words. Yep. And me saying that word, if I'm in the vicinity of someone else who hears that word and is like, Man, you could have yeah. got your ass beat, Jerry. Yep. Oh, no, I know. I was an idiot. I'm not proud of myself, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend and lie because I honestly feel like there are probably still people doing it. Oh, oh sure. there. Yeah, absolutely. To know 
that need to know it's not okay. Because Do you think all the white people in the world are singing Drake and they're not saying nigga when he says nigga all the time? <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying is like it would happen in songs and stuff. And I was like, as long as we don't say the hard ER, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I never want to be someone who says something and it's overheard by someone else. And then they can misconstrue my words. And now they think I'm aligning myself with ideals that I don't agree with. Uh, right. So I've since obviously taken that out of my vocabulary. And that's been something that I am an advocate for if like it's being said. Oh, yeah, we both do that. Like, even if it's just a not ER, we're both like, ah, don't like that. Don't do that. Um, Especially because I I mean, I know this is not um, talking about what's going on in the black community, but I taught special ed. And so when I would hear people say the R word, Mm -hmm. sorry, another thing that's a, a no for me. And. I'm no, I'm not afraid to have those conversations with people. And I think it's because I know I don't have all the answers and I want to be educated. So you giving me information doesn't, isn't offending me or doesn't make me feel stupid. It just makes me feel uninformed. And now I'm more informed. And that's what I do if I ever come in contact with people, but I haven't ever come in contact with a, with a situation like anything you've described yeah like when we say we're ignorant to it i'm not lying it's because i i swear before it started being exposed on social media i never saw it now so i do like i don't get i've never had it really in my face like that but and jerry can attest to this on social media if it happens i don't let that shit fly like i'm as a keyboard warrior i really am but i can't stand it i can't stand it it and if, like I said, maybe I'm in the wrong doing it, but right now we're quarantined, so I can't be around people, but I never see it unless I see it on social media. Mm. And people are so okay. To, like, there, there's something about being behind that screen that they all of a sudden are, like, way more okay with the things that they're saying, and yeah, I'm not. Bold, man. They're real, yeah. They're real bold on the internet, and... Man, that stuff stays with you, man. They don't know once it's on the internet, it's on the internet. You know, how fast you think you delete it. Like, it really is always there. There's always a trace of it. And, there, you know, people are now suffering the consequences uh, of that. But, you know, social media uh, makes people very bold. I don't, I don't like to uh, engage in social media conflict at all because, like, I'm not going to argue with you about the fact that killing black people is wrong. That's right. That's what I'm never going to do. You can argue with your mama. Like, I'm not going to argue with you. But I will, without a doubt, tell you to go fuck yourself. (laughs) I don't I don't argue. There's no point. There's no point in arguing with people um, about the things that they say, because everyone has an opinion and you're just going to go in circles. Uh, yeah, arguing. You know, some people you can educate with. Like some people, I throw a little fat in there. Yeah, factoid in there when I feel like it's necessary. But for the most part, I don't argue with people because there's really no argument to have. Yeah, like, I've probably, no I've probably blocked or deleted about fifty people in the last week. <laughs> like I'm not kidding because I just can't anymore. And it's the same thing. There is no. Sometimes I'll try educating. But once it gets to a certain point and I'm talking in circles, I'm like, you don't care to learn and you're not going to learn. And so I just need to stay away from you because you're somebody I don't want to associate with. 
Exactly. Social media has emboldened some real crazy people. That's so true. (laughs) Some real crazy people, man. And you know, you can stay anonymous on there. So people like to, to do those things. But I really don't, I don't like to feed into it because what is the point of trying to educate somebody who could educate themselves using the same computer in their hand? Yeah. Right. I'm not going to argue with you. Do your Googles. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Because if you don't know by now, then you're either blind or you don't want to know. Yeah, you're will- like, if you want to continue to be willfully ignorant, that's your problem. Yep. Like, you know, but your life is, your, your life is, is going to change greatly because a change has to come after this. It has yeah. to, like, there are cities burning because of this. Yeah. Right. There are cities burning because cops keep killing us and then they blame it on us. Yeah. Gaslighting. Crazy. Such a yes. toxic relationship between the <laughs> blacks and America. Well, I guess that goes into the last question we have for you is what does your ideal America look like? Man, my ideal America is a place where uh black people can find peace. Um where we can be safe. Yeah. Where we can be free. Um my ideal America. My ideal America is is a dream because I do believe in the good in people. Throughout all of this craziness, you know, I still always try to see the good in people. I, I don't um just assume that people around me are racist or I'm going to go into a situation where racism is going to occur. I still try to have a positive outlook. Um, But I think my ideal America would be a place where we can just, uh, where the people who, where everyone can be equal, where the people who need the health care and the help with that can get that. Um, The people who are homeless and hungry, they need all the help that they can get. Our government has far too much money. People, you know, who are the fucking people who are living in cages right now when these children living in cages would not be living in cages right now. Like, I really think that my ideal America is in America where everybody equally has the opportunity to live a life where they are able to smile on a daily basis and to genuinely mean it. That's the basic. Well, if we can just and just love. Love, 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 love. That's my ideal America is just love, 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 love. Because I've been all over the world. I have seen racism everywhere. But nowhere is as bad as America. Nowhere at all. And for America to to preach and to stand behind uh, a racist anthem and an anthem of slave owners in order to project a flag that has been brandished with the blood of thousands upon thousands of people who built this nation on their back. I think that we owe it to ourselves as a people to all envision an ideal America that is just full of love for everybody. Just love and equality. That's all. That's all we want. We just want equality. We just want to make it home to our families. We just want to live the best life possible. 
It's supposed to be the American dream, and nobody said that that was exclusive to white people. So I think that, to be honest, my ideal America wouldn't even be America. <laughs> yeah. Throw it all away. This place is <laughs> This one's broken. Yeah. Take it out and blow in it. have you tried plugging it back in taking it out plugging it back in wow that was your ideal america your ideal america is my ideal america that's what i'm saying you feel me like my ideal america it doesn't it doesn't set aside like black people and white people and hispanic people and asian people it doesn't do any of that like my ideal america brings everybody from all walks of life together equally so we can all eat we can all have proper health care we can all be healthy and safe and happy that's yeah. it because that's like what we should want for people yeah. we should want people to be safe and healthy and happy we shouldn't want people to just be dead because we think they're less than us right like white supremacy is alive and well but black people are we're here to stay yeah we're here to stay like we're just gonna get louder and louder do you have more questions for us um I really want to know what y'all would do in a situation like that you know if like we were together and like we were approached by police like, how do you think you would be able to handle that situation? I hate that you asked that question because <laughs> I want it's hypothetical. So, like, in my mind, I am this, like, vigilante who's going to protect you and do all these things. Yes. <laughs> because on, because you're my friend. <laughs> because you're my friend and I love you and I want to protect you. Um, but I know it's hypothetical. And I never, ever want to find out. I never want to find out what I would do in that situation because I never, ever want you to be in that situation. And I I don't know what I'd do. I hope that I would be the person standing there demanding respect, that I would be demanding equal treatment, um, that I would be setting an expectation for that officer to understand like you're here to protect and serve and how you're serving right now is no service that anyone deserves and it's out of line. And I would hope that I would be someone who would do anything and everything to protect you and rectify that situation. But honestly, I don't know. And I hate that I don't know. And I, but I never want to find out. And that's yeah. why it's such a, it's such, that's the worst question. Why did you ask me that? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta know, man. It's, you know, it's like, you really gotta, like, it's like, it's things that I, you gotta think about is like, I don't want to be a hashtag, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, it's, it's hard to know if like, you know what I'm saying? People you with are going to like just record what's happening or are they going to help? You know right. what I'm saying? Are you going to be silent? Uh, in a, like a silent bystander? Are you at least going to yell and scream and throw something at the, you know what I'm saying? Are you going to yeah. fight for me or are you not? Like, do you know, and it's, it's, I'm sorry I had to ask that question, but you know, it's, 
it's everyday life. Like, it's yeah. important. No, yeah. I totally I understand why you have to ask that question. I wish you wouldn't have to. I wish yes. that wasn't something I had to yeah. think about. But that's that's also now I'm like even thinking about this, understanding why it's not just I'm a friend, I'm an ally. Because yeah. your friends go get ice cream with you. Your mm -hmm. ally protects you. Mm -hmm. So that I hope, if that's what I claim to be to any community, mm -hmm. that's how I hope I would react. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, this is, I mean, kind of the same with her, but that I've always been. Wouldn't you be shit if you were like, you know what? No, I'm going home. Sorry. Right. <laughs> no, but uh, truly I've always been a pussy when it comes to authority. I'm not even going to lie to you. Okay. I, I think it's internally something in me. Like <laughs> it's like a father figure type of thing, but I get scared shitless. However, so when she first asked me that, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know. Because even when I got arrested, which I did one time, okay, it's fine. But <laughs> I was a total pussy. I was like, well, yes, sir, whatever you need, sir, blah, 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 whatever. Because I was like, well, even though it was bullshit, but regardless. Um, however, the what I felt inside of me when I watched that video, and I wasn't even there, I would like to say, I mean, I, I truly believe that I wouldn't just stand there and let somebody, especially if it was escalated to that level. And if that's the way, if I get, if I get shot or if I, something were to happen and I go down too, I would like to believe that that's the way that I would be okay going out, making sure I don't think I could stand there for, t and no disrespect to the people that were there. I don't know anything about them, but I don't know that I could stand there for 10 minutes and watch someone's life leave their eyes like that and not try to do something about I, it. I wonder who those people were though. And if they were also black people and if well, they were like, if I, I do something, the one girl was 17. So yeah. I, I can't really speak on that because at 17, I don't know that I would be ready to. I mean, a 17 year old life. black girl, she's old enough to be extremely terrified of police. Right. right. Already right. before this even happened. That's why. Yes. yes. Right. You know, so I can't speak on anything that they would do, but as for me, I would hope at least in that situation that I would be able to go down with that. If that was the way it was going, I don't think it, what it brought inside of me, especially when it started calling out for his mom, like the mama bear inside of me was just like, I, I don't know that I could sit and see that happen and not be able to, I think inside of me, it would take like an animalistic reaction would take over and be like, no. Cause that's what I felt inside and it was awful that I knew that it had already happened and that I couldn't do anything about it. So. Hell yeah. The police would fuck around and shoot y'all too. Try oh, to I know. Lord have mercy. They're going, well, they'll, they'll probably, honestly, they're probably, they might just stage y'all. <laughs> yeah. They might just stage y'all, man. But hey, man, I appreciate y'all talking to me and for having me on y'all show. To talk yeah. about the movement. This is really important. And I've been, I really like, I'm talking about it and I'm posting about it nonstop. Um, I can't talk about it enough because, you know, the night after um, George Floyd was killed, I just couldn't sleep. Yeah. You know? Like, I couldn't sleep at all. And, like, I just kept seeing his face. Uh, and I kept thinking about, you know, all the other lives that were taken and just the entire movement in its entirety. And, it just freaked me out. It just keeps freaking me out. Like it just a level of anxiety 
is so heightened uh, because of everything. And I think that, I think this movement, if we are, if Black Lives Matter is not heard like soon, man, it's, it's not gonna get any better. These riots are gonna continue. There has to be some answers. These protests are gonna continue. Like people have, they have to be able to be accountable for their actions. Like, yeah. I, I understand that one police officer, uh, you know what I'm saying, was arrested, but there are three more that are just as complicit that need to be arrested. Um, you know what I'm saying? There's a whole entire, like, there's a whole entire raid team that needs to be assessed because Breonna Taylor was killed. Like, there's, like the system is broken. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, at an institutional, at a systemic level, like, the system is broken. And, you know, Black Lives Matter, that is the basics. That's all we're saying. Like, the basic is Black Lives Matter, we shouldn't be killed, we shouldn't be disproportionately institutionalized, we should have proper education. All of that is being said by just saying Black Lives Matter. But the only thing that anybody is hearing apparently when we say black lives matter is white lives are unimportant and meaningless and we hate you and white people are the devil and down with the white men. No <laughs> one is saying that. Yeah. Literally we are like, no one is no one like being pro black is not being anti-white. Yes. And I think people need to understand that. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you so much. I can't yeah. even tell you how grateful I am. Um, especially like last minute willing to come on and open yourself up to us and spend your evening with us. So yes, thank, thank you. you so much. I appreciate y'all opening your platform to me, man. Little old me. Uh, you know, <laughs> I hope, uh, you know, I hope people listen to this, uh, with an open mind and, um, you know, if y'all have any questions, you know what I'm saying? Or would like to voice anything to me, please put my social media in the comments or whatever. In the description. Yeah, I'll get it. Please throw that in there. Um, but yeah, thank you. I really appreciate y'all uh, letting me uh, represent my people right now because we're tired and we're fed up and enough is enough. Like not one more, not one more. Yeah. One more life taken. It's not fair. Like we're not going to stand for this anymore. All right, guys. Um, thank you for listening this week. And I really hope that after all of this, this opens up some kind of discussion in your homes and with your friends and your loved ones. And that you, um, if you haven't yet, use this as an opportunity to find your voice and use it and recognize that it matters. Um, so we'll see you next week. All right. We're out. Goodbye. person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. 
and you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley, in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.